0: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Oh, like because when I shot I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this.
1: So. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network
0: on? Welcome to episode number 1011 of Locked on Raptors for Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday, August the 31st. I'm your host Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors, although that account is still suspended. We are working on it. Maybe getting close. Who's to say? But still, go follow it if you can or wait with bated breath to follow it once it's available once again uh of course today's show uh is uh you know we're gonna talk about ben simmons on today's show it's gonna be loaded just before we get to that stuff though just a reminder that you can find the podcast and all your favorite apps uh you can also find it on youtube here of course subscribe to the youtube page we're up near like 420 subs which is wonderful let's get a little closer to 500 maybe a thousand perhaps by the end of the month or so that or i guess it is the end of the month end of september (laughs) let's put the goal at a thousand by the end of september how about that uh the man who hears snickers. There at my inability to know the date is our guest for today's show. As we are going to talk about Ben Simmons and dig into the new reports from Shams Terania at the Athletic. Uh, the potential offer you'd be okay with if you're the Raptors now that things are a little bit different from the last time we spoke about Simmons' trades back around draft time. And we're also going to talk about a new signing for the Raptors at the back end of the rosters, Fima Halyuk, and what it means for the uh, you know the roster battle going into camp. And we're doing so with said snickering guest, Oren Weisfeld from Raptors Republic, the host of The Wrap-Up, the great post-game show, and, of course, the Toronto Star, Vice, a million other places. Oren, how's it going, man? Welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me. It's going well, and I don't blame you at all. It's it's early in the morning, so we're all a little bit, you know, lost on dates these days. But yeah, that is crazy, looking at my calendar. August 31st. This is it, man. This is it for us.
0: Yeah, yeah, because next month, by the end of September, we'll have camps and we'll have uh, media days, so however form they take this season as COVID continues to ravage North America. Um, it's going to be great. Uh <laughs> can't wait but yeah we are uh here i guess doing some off-season stuff as uh you know we've been want to do for the last month or so and we almost made it through all of august without having to talk about ben simmons uh, i think the last time we spoke about him was right around the draft we spoke about potential kyle lowry plus stuff sign and trades the landscape is very different now The report comes down yesterday from Shams Trania that the Sixers are still working to try to trade Ben Simmons. Doesn't seem like there's a ton of traction right now. The Wolves were mentioned. The Blazers were mentioned as sort of the white whale team that the uh, the Sixers would like to pair up with for Damian Lillard. And the Raptors, as they have been throughout this entire process, were mentioned as well. Orin, we'll get into sort of packages you'd be okay with, but it's kind of a rite of passage now on this show to come on here and say what you think about Ben Simmons. Um, Where are you at on Simmons? Is he something someone you'd want to add to the Toronto Raptors? Is it sort of a matter of price or is it a matter of not like not touching that with a 39 and a half foot pole a la the Grinch because of all of the different sort of issues that come with Ben Simmons?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's funny because the Kyle Lowry sign and trade made a ton of sense to me uh, for mm-hmm. both sides. And I thought, you know, when I first heard it, I was like, Philly would never do that. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, well, he's kind of the perfect fit for their team. And and that made, of course, a lot of sense for the Raptors, who were probably not going to keep Lowry anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't work out. And now it's a lot harder for me to get there. Like, we're not talking trade packages yet, but... Um, to get rid of any of the core guys for Simmons, I would have a hard time doing, Mm -hmm. but who he is as a player, like he's a useful player. And I think at a certain point, like myself included and Raptors fans are going to have to stop. or are going to have to admit that like the front office does not see team building the way that a lot of us see team building. So, (laughs) you know, I can sit here and say, I don't see how Simmons fits, But I said the exact same thing about um, Scotty Barnes and now I love him, you know, so like we we say this about those type of players. Like, I'm curious how deep the front office is is willing to go in terms of this, like defense and transition. And that's it. We don't care about the rest type Mm -hmm. of stuff. But um, the fact that these rumors keep coming up at least is somewhat interesting, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing that gets me every time these rumors come out is we never really get any sort of, like, reported package with the Raptors. It's always, oh, the Wolves are offering up Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell and yada, 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 and the uh, Blazers are, you know, kicking around Lillard or McCollum or whatever. There's never any, you know, intel as to who the Raptors have on the table, and to me that makes them feel like this sort of ceremonial team they're throwing in as, like, a a means to drive up the sort of market for him, I think, you know, Maybe that's me being too cynical about it all, but it it just has never made a ton of sense. Like, even the Lowry sign and trade thing, like, yes, there was some logic to it, considering Lowry was a player, the Sixers clearly had coveted at the deadline and all that, but he's not exactly like the kind of guy you trade your max, you know, should be superstar type player who you have to trade for a ton right now like the 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 Sixers are in a spot where they have to get a lot for him because if they don't they're sitting there with Joel Embiid and like a a, you know dead hanging tree of a roster around him and it's just not enough and they have to capitalize on Simmons he's their most tradable asset he's the best thing that they have to bring something else good back and while Lowry is awesome and you're never going to hear me say a bad word about him you know he's not Damian Lillard he's not this sort of star that the Sixers seem to be wanting to go for and look it's probably unlikely the Sixers are going to get what they want here right so maybe that was the thinking is you know maybe they go around the league two times realize oh there's nothing better than you know Lowry plus Chris Boucher in a pick and they just settle for it but it still didn't really feel like a big enough haul for the Sixers to pull the trigger on that move I think you could talk yourself into the Raptors putting, like, putting together a package that is a bit more of a big haul now, you know, without Lowry involved, obviously. But that sort of cuts into how good the Raptors could be, and it makes the team-building thing for the Raptors pretty difficult going forward, which we'll get to here. It just I, – I feel like it's a lot of – Oh, the Raptors would be a good trade partner, huh? We would like that from the Sixers and there's not really much in terms of reciprocation from the other side. Am I crazy in the reading of the tea leaves that way or do you see it somewhere some the same way, some way different? What, what are your your sort of view on that?
2: No, I see it similarly like it is cliché to say that the Raptors don't leak, but most of the time it's true and it's it's other people leaking for reasons that benefit them. Yeah. And um yeah, like it's it's kind of hard to see why they would leak in this situation too but mm-hmm. I want to go back to something you said about like the Lowry's thing which is that he was old he is a little old but um, I feel like the Sixers problem is that they want to have their cake and eat it too or whatever the saying is <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> like and, and this has been my problem with them for a while it's that like pick pick Joel obviously like pick one of them what was yeah. what everyone was saying and I was always pro Joel and, like, build around that player and, like, go all in. Because in the NBA, you have to, like, use these windows. Mm-hmm. And you have to go all in. And that's why, like, even though Lowry is old and he only has maybe one or two seasons left, it made some sense to say, okay, he's going to fit really nicely beside Joel. And and they're going to have a really good shot to win a championship for the next two years. They've dragged this situation too long to now. It's mm-hmm. like they want... A, they want a player like Dame because Dame can help them contend for five years to come. Yeah. And like, sure. That's what we all want in life, but it's not <laughs> that simple. Like you need, you need to pick a window and really go for it when you have someone as good as Joel. And I think that's just what the Sixers have struggled to do. And we're seeing now this offseason, like it's, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's too late for them. And not that they're not going to get anything from Ben, but the fact that we're hearing these rumors like Ben might be in camp, Maury's, he's willing to hold him to camp. It's like, you're not willing to, you are you have to at this
0: point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of uh, very fluffy, friendly language coming out from all of this reporting. And I just don't see how any of it could possibly be true. Like, there's no way that the Sixers and Ben Simmons are, like, on the same page, ready to go into the season (laughs) together based on everything we've seen. But damn it, Daryl Morey will try to make you believe it. Um, We're going to get into some trade packages you know we've kind of gone through this exercise before most of it kyle lowry centered so it's a bit of a new sort of uh set of waters we're diving into here we'll dig into potential packages you might throw at the sixers to potentially bring ben simmons to toronto coming up in just a second here but first i want to tell you about our friends over at sweat block and look it's uncomfortable to talk about some people sweat a whole lot i'm one of those people i'm not so uncomfortable talking about it it's kind of hard for me to avoid it i'm a sweaty dude and i have to choose my shirts based on that very, very real fact and all of that, it's it's difficult. But guess what? Sweat Block is here to help. They have wonderful Sweat Block antiperspirant wipes. They've also got deodorant and a whole bunch of other wonderful products for you to try out. And they are a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, over 13,000 reviews. And they come with a dry shirt guaranteed. If Sweat Block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. That is an insanely good deal. Sweat block is stronger, more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before going to bed. And the next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat, guaranteed. I can tell you it works. I have sweat block now. I've made an order. They sent me some other stuff as well on top of it, and it works. It uh, feels like it's too good to be true. It really does. But I literally only have to use sweat block once or twice a week, and it keeps me dry the whole time. No more pitting out. No more picking my shirts based on which color will hide sweat better. I can wear seafoam green again and not even feel worried or self-conscious or anything like that and i love myself some seafoam green if you or someone you love is dealing with this you have to check out Sweatblock, get it today for 20 percent off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at amazon and cvs today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at indeed general managers are often asked you know okay how do i find the right players do they have ice in their veins i want to know players who have ice in their veins and no other players other than that Well, guess what? Indeed helps you Make those hiring decisions and get you the people who are qualified, who have the ice in their veins, or have other qualifications you really, really want. Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools will help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. With Indeed assessments, choose from 135 skill sets to help make sure you're finding applications for people with the skills you need. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires. And all other job sites combined, you got to be on there as well. Join the more than three million businesses worldwide that use indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked L-O-C-K-E-D. That's a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked after valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Oren, let's continue on here with the Ben Simmons talk and dig into some trade packages. There's been a lot of sort of speculation the last couple days. There were no names thrown out in that Shams piece yesterday, so we're kind of just going off of our own intuition and our own trade machine madness. But, uh, Oren, if there is going to be a package for Ben Simmons, what does it look like to you? My whole thing all along is if you can buy him low, great. If you're paying full freight or even close to it, it's not worth the headache. Where are you at in terms of a package you'd be willing to throw at the Sixers if you're the Toronto Raptors front office to land Ben Simmons in Toronto?
2: Yeah, I wish I had something really smart to say here, but uh, I can't (laughs) find one that works. And, like, we'll go through them here. But at the end of the day, um, the Raptors, they still, you know, uh, like asset accumulation is great and all that. Fred Mm -hmm. Van Vliet for Ben Simmons sounds great on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Simmons, Does it? Is a, <laughs> I mean, I, I think Simmons is a better player in a vacuum, mm-hmm. uh, I would say. But in the context of the Raptors and even the Sixers, I don't think he solves all their problems. And I don't think Simmons solves really any of the Raptors problems. And like yeah. one of the things is character. So Fred is, is obviously the new leader of the Raptors. Um and to take him away and to get Simmons in his place is kind of the opposite personality-wise, and mm-hmm. I think they would really struggle in the locker room uh, based on what we saw last year and just based on, like, everything Fred means to that locker room. I don't see it. And then there's also the matter of, like, on court, Simmons and Ben, un- I mean, sorry, Simmons and-, and Fred unlock each other, right? Like, yeah. Fred is the ultimate off-ball shooter who can space the floor. For Simmons and Simmons can find Fred off ball relocating and without each other it's really just like okay the Raptors have a bunch of wings and like let's see what we've never seen this before in the modern NBA so like maybe it works but yeah that's that's a pretty big risk to pay a guy however many hundreds of millions dollars he's owed for the next four years uh to try something that no team has ever tried right yeah and then Siakam makes sense in terms of like positionally Siakam for Simmons and I love it for Philadelphia but I just think <laughs> Siakam is is significantly better I think his upside is significantly higher that as the Raptors I don't really get there so the only packages that make sense to me are like whatever combination you like of Dragic Trent Boucher who I think mm-hmm. I think Boucher will be traded by the deadline if I had to guess but that's sure. just a little hot take. I had to get off, um, <laughs> and like and like some. Dude, you heard it
0: here first. We'll come back to this tape on deadline day. Yeah, sure. or don't
2: uh, if it's wrong. <laughs> but yeah, like that package, maybe like Flynn, you know, and some picks, like that sort of package. I would, yeah. I would, like you said, that's buying low, and and I would for sure be happy with that. But I don't think that solves the Sixers' problems of adding mm-hmm. like ball handlers.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Drogic thing is interesting because I guess you could kind of sell him as like a Lowry Light type guy. <laughs> Obviously, he's not the same defender by any means that Lowry is, but he's got that off ball, sort of, or sorry, on the ball juice that you definitely need. He would be, you know, instantly the best point guard they've had in a very long time there in Philly, it would seem like since Drew Holiday, maybe. Like, that would be a, like a pretty nice addition for sure. And I think you could sort of sell yourself on a Drogic, you know, Tobias Harris, Danny Green. Um, who the hell else did they have? They have so many dudes. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, Andre Drummond. Andre yeah, they Drummond. also have Andre Drummond. Don't That's correct. Don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drogic and Drummond, just two uh, banes of Raptors fans' existences playing together. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's you know the Drogic thing is is interesting, but he's if 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 the Lowry thing barely made sense, then the Drogic thing doesn't really either, and he doesn't even come with the potential of re-signing really for long term. You would assume he's going to make his way to Dallas at the very end of this season as a free agent if he's not going to get traded there before season's end, just considering it seems like he wants to play with Luca. So, uh, it, I, that is going to be a tough one. You know, Gary Trent Jr. is interesting, but because he just signed his contract, he can't be dealt until the middle of the season anyway. Um, same goes for like Ken Birch. Anyone who signed a contract this offseason can't be traded until like whatever it is, December 18th or whatever the day typically is where the contracts signed in the offseason become movable. Maybe you get to the point where Gary Trent Jr. is having a killer start to the season. He looks amazing. He looks like the shooting that Joel Embiid has dreamed for his entire career around him. Maybe you can talk yourself into like a Drogic and Gary Trent plus lots of future assets type of thing. The Sixers can realize, hey, you know, we get Trent and Drogic. They become our new starting backcourt. We get to move Seth Curry to the bench. Maybe you can talk yourself into that. I don't think I'm talking myself into that if I'm the Sixers, honestly, because I don't really see a world in which Gary Trent is so good in the first two months of the season that you say, yes, that's the guy we must trade for to complement Joel Embiid. So you're just kind of running into a wall all over the place. and I totally agree with you about the Fred van Vleet thing. He's probably the easiest guy to throw into a deal just sort of um, fit wise and you know oh, it's point guard for point guard or sort of point guard uh, in that say in that case and you know it fits into the Raptors vision six foot nine even though Ben Simmons is like six foot eleven or whatever he is, very much the same kind of player. You know, very good at defense, can barely shoot. You know, the offense will be a struggle, all that stuff. It's everything the Raptors love in their tall, long dudes. Um, But the point you made about the sort of culture is, I think, the most important thing here. I don't think there's any way they're trading Fred Van Vliet for Ben Simmons. I don't think there's any way they're trading Fred Van Vliet, period, right now. Because the shock to the system of losing not just Kyle Lowry, but also Fred Van Vliet, the dude who you've just handed the keys over to, that feels like a bridge too far for me. And I get it. Maybe Fred Van Vliet is limited. He's got his his issues. You know, he's too small. He struggles at the rim, all that stuff. Everything he is in the locker room is extremely valuable in addition to the on-court stuff. And I just can't see the Raptors, a team that has always valued culture and continuity and sort of passing the baton along, just going and shipping off Fred Van Vliet for Ben Simmons. This is not trading DeMar DeRozan for a top five player in the world who's going to win you a championship. Like Ben Simmons doesn't make you a title contender this season. He's not having the Kawhi effect on your team. So you don't trade the guy who is your biggest culture builder and sort of the center of your locker room for a guy who's going to make you maybe the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. There's just no way that's happening. And I think that's a really good point you made. And I I just it, it does not line up with the way the Raptors operate. The Siakam thing is interesting, I guess, if you feel like the Raptors, you know, maybe want to just get out of that business and they feel like maybe he's kind of hit hit his peak. Doesn't seem like they've said anything to suggest they feel that way. And so I don't really buy that. You know, they've talked a lot about Siakam kind of, you know, coming back and no feeling better and the relationship with Nick Nurse is stronger. They're talking to him, all this stuff like I don't see that happening. And you're right. You know, the Simmons for Siakam swap makes sense positionally, but you're trading a guy who is maybe your best scorer and one of the guys who could actually unlock some things for you in the half court for a guy who very much can't do that. So you're actually making the issue the team faces the most worse. So, yeah, it's tough, man. I I don't see it. And I think anytime you hear the Raptors come up in these conversations, take it with an enormous giant grain of salt because it probably is not going to happen it's not like you could see the outline of a deal like you could with Kawhi back in the day where it's like oh yeah well demar has got a big contract and they've got all these young guys that they can throw in didn't they didn't throw any of the young guys i was worried about them throwing in in but you know (laughs) the point still stands um it just it doesn't feel like it's it doesn't make sense on paper there are lots of other teams where it makes a lot more sense and ultimately A lot of these trades don't make a ton of sense for either side and they're going to leave the Sixers kind of holding the bag. And that's why I'd probably bet on him coming back and it being extremely awkward in Philly to start the season more than anything else. Do you have any parting shots? Any last thoughts on trade packages? Any sort of, um, you know, lingering just ideas like a three-teamer or something like that? Like, what do you got, man? Because I am running out of ideas.
2: (laughs) No, I don't have specific ones, but I think a three-teamer if if Siakam, if, if like you said, they, they want to get off Siakam for whatever reason we don't know about, I sure. think a three-teamer makes sense just because the money is similar and whatnot. But yeah, like you said about Fred, like institutional knowledge is clearly something that the Raptors value. And like, that's mm-hmm. why they didn't trade Lowry at the deadline or like that was part of it. Yeah. Um, and, and like Fred is the new holder of that, you could say. And so I agree. They're not trading Fred unless it's like for a superstar type player. Um, and then the person we haven't talked about, I'll just end with this is Scotty Barnes. And like, yeah, I don't see a world in which Scotty and and Ben can be on the floor together. Yeah, (laughs) it's just like a lot like the, like you said, there's better fits for Ben. The Raptors are literally the worst fit in that they don't need ball handlers and they don't really need defense. They need shooting they need yeah. shot creation and Ben doesn't provide any of that and neither does Barnes at this point in this career so it's like you have this number 4 pick who you need to develop you can't develop him beside Ben Simmons yeah. so i think i think we we hit it pretty good on the no thank you to Ben Simmons part
0: <laughs> yeah it's uh it's tricky man and I, I the last point i'll make here is that you know the raptors are clearly building up their coffers to make an offer for somebody down the line here, right? Like they have all these movable contracts. They have all their picks going forward. They have Scotty Barnes, Malachi Flynn, some young guys who are probably going to be part of the core, but maybe they're part of that sort of secondary core that you're okay shipping off. Like DeLon Wright and Jakob Pirtle were, you know, I, I don't think Barnes is in that tier, obviously. He's part of the core. He's the fourth overall pick. But Flynn, I think you could sort of argue, is maybe more in the right tier. Either way, you don't need to blow all that wonderful juicy trade chip capital on the first guy who comes along who's got a north of 85 rating on nba 2k right like there are you you can wait this out you can be patient yes there's going to be competition for any of these guys and there's lots of teams that have a million picks into the future that are going to make things tricky to sort of match up in terms of offers but they've got enough on hand to be in the conversation for any superstar trade that comes along down the line. And this is not the one to jump at. Same as I didn't think the Dane Lillard one was really the one to jump at, considering the cost and the way it was sort of imbalanced the roster and all of that. It's okay to wait. Like, you don't have to make the superstar trade every year or every two years. Sometimes it takes a little longer, but right now they're in the process of just building up what they have in store. And they're doing a good job of that. There's no sense in burning it all. To go and get Ben Simmons and complicate things further, and ensure that you play games that are in the in, in the fifties every single night. Well, um, <laughs> just, real quick, I think that's yeah. a good point that um, you know Raptors
2: fans should be hopeful in the sense that like there's a lot of skeptical people out there who are like the Raptors are screwed. They're they're stuck in the middle. They have no mm. way out. And if you told me six months ago that Ben Simmons would become such a distressed asset you know, I would be like, wrong. And it's just like the NBA moves so quickly, there will be another yeah. superstar or he's not a superstar. There'll be another star who is needing to get out of the situation for whatever reason. And then maybe it will be a better fit with the Raptors. So it's just like, there's reason for optimism in the sense that, like right now it might not look like the Raptors have a way to the next tier, but um, the league moves so fast and and stars change their their view on the team we're with so fast and, and vice versa that, you know, stay optimistic because
0: there will be more, like you said, definitely. And maybe the Raptors have signed their next superstar to a partially guaranteed <laughs> two-year contract to compete for a job in camp. That's Svi Mahalyuk baby. Uh, we're going to talk about Svi and the roster battle at the back end of the roster to close things out here in just one second. But first want to tell everybody about our friends over at rockauto.com We've had rockauto.com as a sponsor for, like, over a year now, and it's because they're wonderful people. They're great, and they're trying to save you money when you go to the mechanic. I have to take my car into the mechanic tomorrow to get an oil change, and there's always the chance that something else is wrong, and they're going to say, you need to fix this part on your car. Well, guess what I'm going to do if I have to do that? I'm going to say, I'll come back later with the part. I'm going to buy the part from rockauto.com. I'm going to bring it into you, and you're going to put this part in, and it's going to be way cheaper for me. I'll just pay for the labor because... The parts that you're getting at Rock Auto are always cheaper. They have wonderful selection. It's not just the one option you usually have when you go to the mechanic where they're just saying, this is what we have. There's nothing else. You must pay this full freight. RockAuto.com gives you choice, and that is a wonderful, beautiful thing. They've got everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpets. I have one time bought a gas cap off of there for like $4. It was a wonderful deal, a wonderful experience delivered directly to your Door. Go explore their easy to use website today and find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts
1: you will ever need at rockauto.com. All right,
0: Orin, let's round this thing out. Uh, A bit of news came down over the weekend that the Raptors have signed Svi Mahalyuk, former Laker, former Piston, former... Thunder player, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gotta say, I'm not like totally up on the CV of Svi Mahalyuk, um, but he has been signed uh, to one of those two-year deals. Seems similar to like the Ish, Smith, or Ish Wainwright, Ish Smith, Ish Wainwright, and uh, Sam Decker deal. You know, two years, partial guarantee, come to camp. Um, you know, ensures more of a guarantee to incentivize going to camp and fighting for a job versus you know going to some other team. Um, so Svi. Good three-point shooter, has the reputation as such at least. Not much else. I mean, the Raptors need some shooting, so that's not the worst thing to have in the world as your 13th guy. Um, I, I guess this sort of just rant, ratchets up the competition for the back part of the roster, right? I figured there's probably like 12 or 13 guys we know we're going to be on the team. After that, as anybody's guess, You know, there's the two ways and all that as well, Champagney and David Johnson. So probably looking for one or two spots that everybody's fighting for. Freddie Gillespie making things a little bit more interesting with his horrible summer league, so we'll see what happens there. But um, it, let's just... Assume it's going to come down to Ish Wainwright, Sam Decker, and Svi Mahalyuk for that last roster spot and, and sort of the wing core. Do you have any sort of leanings there, any preference? I mean, there was a great story yesterday by Blake Murphy about Ish Wainwright and how he's sort of the dude you build a culture around. That stuff's music to my ears. I will eat that stuff up all day, num-num-num. You know, Mahalik offers the shooting. Sam Decker had a really good season over in Europe and all that. Um, Where are you at when it comes to those three guys? Do you want two of them on the team, none of them on the team, one of them on the team, and if so, who?
2: Yeah, and then there's also Isaac Bonga. So
0: yeah, that's true. the way I
2: kind of saw it was uh bonga and ishmael wainwright i kind of see battling for a spot and then the two shooting specialists decker and and battling for a spot i i would love ishmael wainwright to get a spot on the team even if it is just like a veteran presence in the rock locker room i think that stuff is worthwhile um you know for a team that just Is extremely young, like I don't think we talk enough about how young and inexperienced this team is going to be next year. So I think there is a lot of value to that. Um, when it comes to Decker versus Makai Luke, that's how I've been pronouncing it. I'm not entirely yeah, there's a
0: good chance I'm I'm screwing it up, (laughs) uh, which I deeply (laughs) apologize for because that's like the thing that I really uh, hate is when people screw up names. So I apologize to the sv family. Uh (laughs) if I screwed that up, (laughs) yeah.
2: Um, I think like with with those two, you know, it'll come down to Nick Nurse making a decision on, you know, defense. Like if if sure. if I'm going to be that simple, like shooting specialists, I think it's always like, what can you do other than shoot? Because yeah. as long as those guys are both hitting their threes, um, then it's like, what do these guys do other than shoot? And, and the one thing that stood out to me about Svee as opposed to Decker is like he's a really physical defender um he 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 has like a negative wingspan but he has a low center of gravity and he just really gets into ball handlers and I like his defense at least like on ball um and and the Raptors just run a really you know interesting system to the point where I think whoever fits it better is is gonna win that spot and the fact that he got a, a, a second year player option definitely makes him the favorite. Uh, sure. I would I would bet on Svi getting it over Decker just because uh, I see him fitting the defense a little bit more based on the track record. De- Decker's mm-hmm. never really had the track record mm-hmm. of of being like an effective d- defender. Um, but assuming they are both similar defenders, then the other thing I- I'd be curious to watch for in camp is like who can put the ball on the floor, like because one thing Gary Trent does that or doesn't do that norman powell did really well was come off like dribble handoff screens and like attack the basket sure you know gary's more of just a shooter so i'd be curious if either of these guys can can like get downhill momentum and and really attack the basket then they would add a skill set that the raptors don't really have as uh, as the shooters on the team and and then that would be really interesting to me
0: yeah. Yeah. I think with Svi, you know, it's worth noting, you know, he hasn't been a terribly amazing. If he's a three point specialist, he hasn't been a great one. The last couple of seasons, just around 33% the last couple of seasons, he had a couple of seasons of 40% and I guess 50% on a pretty small, uh, yeah, just Sorry, just 40% one year in 56 games with the Pistons in 2019-20 shot 40% last season, much less effective, uh, you know, playing for the Pistons and the Thunder, maybe the two worst environments for success in the league last year. So take that with a grain of salt as well. Um, but, you know, he's got a bit of a track record. He's been able to put up some points and, and have some solid production. You know, it's a little bit more fresh in the mind than anything that Sam Decker has done or would have done, obviously, um, even though Decker's been quite good over in Europe. It, it, it's interesting. You know, I, I like the point you made about needing that extra sort of juice from the shooters, right? Like, that's going to be the biggest thing to watch with Gary Trent is can he at all work on his explosiveness and, and his ability to kind of attack those clothes out directly and not just kind of, you know, dilly-dally and look for a, a 14-foot pull-up, which he's good at, obviously, and that's a nice element for him to have. But if he can add that extra level and get to the basket, then maybe we're worrying about Mahaliak and uh, uh, Sam Decker's ability to do that unnecessarily because Gary Trent can just do that. And that's going to be, I think, the sort of biggest key to Trent actually living up to his contract and all that stuff as well. So interesting stuff. Um, I'm with you. I would like Ish Wayne Wright to make the team. I feel like Isak Bonga is going to have, like, a legitimate chance just because he's six foot nine and they love their six foot nine dudes. And it's, he just kind of fits the profile. Um, but we shall see, I suppose, um you know look we're in the dregs here we're talking about the 15th roster spot on august 31st we got more stuff coming soon <laughs> i promise you that um that is gonna do it for today's show however oren thanks so much for for taking the time to join the show it was lovely having you for the first time it will not be the last i can guarantee you that uh where can people check out all your wonderful work
2: well, thanks so much for having me. It was fun. Um, you can find me on Twitter, as it says right there, Orrin Weisfeld. And yeah, most of my written work is at Raptors Republic. Um, that's where I'll be covering the team this season. Uh, and if you're not into written work and you don't like to read, I did a, recently I did a stream with PD Webb, and it's up on his YouTube, and I broke down Delano Banton's film from Summer League, the Raptors, Torontonian Raptors point guard. And I had a lot of fun doing that. If you want to learn a little bit about his game and strengths and weaknesses, you can go check that out on PD's uh, YouTube. And yeah, that's about it.
0: That's awesome. And we do love PD here on this show. was a wonderful guest before the draft. PD, Oren, and Delano Banton, just a trio of delight. Uh, so everyone should go watch that on pd's youtube page uh that is gonna do it here of course you can find me as always at woodley sean subscribe to rate review the podcast wherever you get your podcast and subscribe on youtube it's very much appreciated when you go ahead and do that as well been nice seeing the comments the interaction and all that good stuff uh tomorrow on the podcast i'm gonna do a mailbag episode so get your questions in on twitter to at woodley sean please and i will run through a bunch of questions on tomorrow's show then katie Heinel's is going to join on thursday we're going to talk about delano banton and just like the sort of excitement we have to root for a team of six foot nine weirdos. It's going to be a lot of fun this season, whether they're good or not, who's to say? But it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be quirky and all that stuff. And we're going to dig into the upcoming Raptors fan experience with Katie Heindel on Thursday's show. That will do it here, though. Thank you so much, as always. We'll talk to you again Wednesday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye bye.